Yeah, it's called fucking racism. Hello and welcome to episode number 70, 70 of Unrelenting Friday, May 26, 2023, Memorial Day weekend. Are you ready for the big holiday, Gene? Yeah, I, I prefer some big tea, but sure. <laughs> some big tea. Well, it all depends. Everybody's got a different taste. That's what's fine. They That's do. what's dandy. I'm Darren indeed, indeed. How are things, Darren? You are Gene Nevtuliev of the, of the famous Russian. Nevtuliev's. I was just arguing with CSB. I'm making him take down all of his Dilbert posts now on No Agenda Social because I inf- I informed him that it's illegal to repost other people's copyrighted materials on the oh, internet. Wow. I mean, I what? then I then had to explain to him that all memes are also illegal when it comes down to the letter of the law. Memes. Yeah, somebody's going to prison for memes. I, I saw recently in New York. I did not see that. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think they were some Hillary memes and the guy got a one year jail sentence. Well, you see, this is a different thing. This isn't because he pissed off Hollywood. This was because Hillary assassination group was like, well, you could be dead mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. we'll slap you on the wrist. Yeah, I mean, if you're using a an image of somebody uh, without their permission, they can sue you and uh, you'll end up in prison in the United States. It's a very interesting thing. In fact, when- didn't Adam sue a... Um, some uh, Dutch magazine for using an image of his that he shot himself on a plane. Correct. I'm going back about a decade. Well, this um, is the oddity of photographs is that the photographer owns the copyright mm-hmm. for the photograph, but they do not own the likeness. So if you're a photographer and you happen to catch taylor swift walking down the street you can't then take that photo and put it on merchandise because that's a different thing oh you could totally do that as long as she's walking on the street and not inside her house that's not true the using a likeness of somebody not okay i mean you can try that if you want you can say all day long that you own the photograph Mm -hmm. but you can't use it for merchandising I don't know. No, there's exactly. a case on this just recently. There's a uh, case in, in fact, in Illinois, uh, where we are communist a, Illinois, where um, a guy, a rapper, had a an alarm system that had cameras all in his house, which and, you should in Illinois. <laughs> yes, and uh, and of course the SWAT team uh, totally invaded his house with no warrant and ended up walking around and eating his food and things like that. Well, I mean, you get hungry when you're on a raid. You do. I, I can see that. And the donuts weren't, you know, within easy reach distance there. And so, uh, what he did is he made a music video that featured the police activities. Uh, and then he, uh, also so, sold merchandise from that music video that, so it's his original music. It's his images of the police. And, um, the, and of course, people are supporting him by buying that stuff. Well, that would make and sense. And the police department sued him for unauthorized use of uh, of their likenesses. Uh, went to court, 
and uh, he won. The police lost. Well, it's again, probably something if you have a global brand. I mean, if the public will recognize you, it's probably a little different because I'm sure there's something and I don't what know exactly do, what you do. Well, I can tell you what you can't do is imply endorsement. Right. You can't be like, this is official Taylor Swift merchandise. What you can say is, for example, um, uh, is that, you know, some celebrity is boy. They, even that's, I was going to say, you can say they hate your brand, but you can't really do that because that's still implying something. Um, but yeah, it's a different kind if, of endorsement. Like what you, would you, I, yeah. would I benefit <laughs> if this person hated me? And yes. Then I Taylor use Swift that. hates Bud Light. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah. No, you have, to, it, it, it can't imply, but it can certainly be an image that you, you own the image. It's just like if you do a painting of Taylor Swift, you can sell that painting and, and not pay Taylor Swift. That I agree. If it's an individual thing, it, there's a lot of oddities to it because Dude, the, the, the whole industry of paparazzi is built on the idea that you can sell images of famous people. Yes, but you don't see those images on coffee mugs or all sorts of other kinds of merchandise. And I'm assuming there's a reason for that because those people probably have their likeness trademarked. And I'm not even sure how you can do that because now with AI world, we can make a slight change to any photograph and be like, well, that's not the original photograph anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, this is something unique. This is a brand new creation that I've got, Mm -hmm. which I mean, not to go down this rabbit hole too far because I have not, played with it at all but since we've been talking about the ai stuff photoshop the new beta version which i have not downloaded but when you and i no longer am subscribed so yeah you jumped off Mm -hmm. but the new feature that they're pimping when you load up photoshop now they're Mm -hmm. suggesting hey download the beta and they show a photograph of just some rocks you know by an ocean or whatever it is Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And they're like, well, now with AI and they show selecting an area of the photograph, you know, where there's a rock and they, you know, it's like generative AI and they type in lighthouse and a lighthouse appears. It's like, whoa, this is going to be ingrained into Photoshop. (laughs) Yeah. So Photoshop is really faux shop at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, it always. okay, not always. When yeah, it originally I know, I started, know. it was to make your photographs look better, to tweak them. Yes, yes. The, the tools that it has now for removing things from photographs, some of the stuff it does is absolutely excellent. This is just bizarre to me that it will go through their, because they also have a service, which this would no doubt increase people paying for their service for stock photographs. Mm-hmm. Where you could be like, oh, no, I want this in my photo. Just and you just type in what you want and it magically appears. So, oh, yeah, we got, you know, a bunch of lighthouse Taylor photos. Swift standing in my wedding. Exactly. Now, she could probably make a lot of money on that. Tom Hanks said he signed off on his image. He's like, I'm going to be starring in movies long after I'm dead. And that just seems mm-hmm. so weird to me. Yeah, you might as well sell that. Right, because, I mean, you're going to be dead Um, at some point, so you may as well take the money now and enjoy it, because here's the thing. After you're dead, they're going to do it anyway. Do you think Marilyn Monroe signed off? She's showing up as an AI and things. I mean, it's not been as 
advanced as they're getting to now, but this has already mm-hmm. been done. Yeah. Using somebody's likeness. But it's yeah, very and weird. It's, so the big thing is, I just looked it up, is the Lanham Act, uh, which allows you to sue for any word, name, term, symbol, or combination thereof that's likely to cause confusion. Right. And, and all these things, uh, and in different states, each state has their own laws relating to this. But the basic idea, according to AI, is state-by-state laws dictate how the person's name like this can be used for commercial purposes without their consent. Uh, and it's predominantly protecting the, um, yes. Um, well, there's obviously something that strips a lot of those rights away from people that are in politics because, you know, Donald Trump didn't sign off on half the merchandise that was (laughs) when I was at the, the Trump rally walking through the hucksters tents, the hucks. I like that. That's, I think that's a what they're called right i mean the kind that sell the t-shirts that after yeah. one washing you will you're like where'd yeah, yeah, the t-shirt yeah. go yeah yeah it dissolves it's, it's, it's the kind of stuff where the prices are 45 dollars as you're walking into the event and 18 dollars as you're walking out of the event if not less yeah yeah or we like don't three, want to take three these for home. 18 uh-huh um five for, five for a dollar come on <clears throat> yes i i didn't buy a damn thing but yes and, and as i've been told apparently both of us don't know english we uh we misuse words well, this is true, but you see, words we've learned from the left are constantly evolving. And that's I think true. we're that's better a, that's than a good most. Point. I yes. think so in the in a constantly evolving definition of penultimate, probably does mean what we think it means, but <laughs> according to the dictionary, neither one of us was right. Right. It's soon it'll change. Well, I was uh, right. It's the second to the last. It's yes, except that's not what you said. No, it is. It's the one before the last. No, it is. But that's not what you said in the episode. Really? What did I say? You said it's it's the one before it was the one or the third before. No, so it was, now you're going to screw fifth. this up. I think you said it was the fifth before the last. Oh, yeah, that was exactly. That would make a lot of sense to have uh-huh. a term for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. I just thought it was like the best, but apparently I was totally wrong. And really, and the then, only again, reason. people are amazed that I'm admitting that I'm wrong. I'm like, dude, I admit that I'm wrong all the time. It just happens very infrequently. Right. So you, it doesn't seem like you've he- ever heard that before. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't really, uh, would not even have uh, sent my little red light radar alert up when you said it. If I do not, if I have not, if I was not watching reviews of all the audio gear and microphones that the great Bandrew Scott does. So he talks about the the one from the worst the what when he does a microphone review mm-hmm. he almost always will show you a comparison well let you hear a comparison but you can see mm-hmm. the microphone but he demonstrates like five six ten different microphones and he goes down the line like well here's this one here's this one and now the penultimate and he uses that for the one before the final otherwise it wouldn't most people don't use that word. So I thank Bandrew Scott mm-hmm. for my literacy acumen mm-hmm. when it comes to the word penultimate. Yeah, I see. And I'm like, oh, okay. So when you said it, I'm like, no, 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 that's wrong. I know that. Yeah. yeah. And I called yeah, you on it, yeah. but see, no, this yeah, is we make the show better. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, plus people have to realize we, sh- we, we record the show at like 4 a.m. Right. So very the, early. Yeah. The, you know, the brain activity is barely there. 
And I can tell you, because I do some writing, when I throw those things into something like Grammarly, they're like, well, you're better than 99% of the people that use this service. So That's funny. Hey, I, I should look up his videos. Um, has he done a test of shotgun microphones? Yes. Oh, yes. Cool. He doesn't do a ton. That's not his main thing, but he has started getting into some of the shotguns as well. Yeah. Well, because the YouTubers love the shotguns. Oh, totally, dude. If you can't see a mic in frame, that's awesome. But I like seeing the mic, so I'm weird like that. You're a radio guy. I know, which is why it's like I shouldn't do video. Uh-huh. But if you can yeah, get a good microphone, a- like six inches away, right outside of the camera, you can get good sound. You can, sound. but uh, I don't know, man. It's not it's the same, a- though. Yeah. I mean, you usually have to treat your room. Well, what about all the guys that are using shotguns to film movies and TV shows? Well, a lot of that is not in an area that is small and reverberant. Yeah, but you can. Okay, fair enough. But if the area is small and reverberant, you can fix that. Well, there are things that I use to take that out of audio some of the filters are better than others yeah i mean getting sound absorbent material well yes that also helps i mean that's why i noticed immediately when i started doing the podcast from the office that i'm in now because this room is only like 12 by 10 or so and you can hear a lot more of the reverb in this room than when I was doing it downstairs, podcasting mm. in the basement, which is a much larger area. And maybe the drop ceilings help a little bit because I think that's a slightly absorbent material. Both rooms have carpet. Mm. So that's you no drop different. ceilings in the basement. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the amount of reverb in the basement was a lot less. And I think that's because I was in the middle of a room and it was a much larger room. Mm hmm. Because there's still no treatments or anything on the walls. It's, it's still an overall a big square, but. Well, the it, biggest uh, thing that that creates uh, the reverberation that we typically think of is the corners. Yes. So if you can just treat the corners themselves, you'll get rid of 90% of it. You want to soften everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's literally putting a pillow in each corner. Um, now if you want to buy one, the, it's basically a more square, squared off framed pillow, but effectively it's a pillow. Right. Uh, and it, it's, uh, if you can get rid of those base traps or you put in the base traps to get rid of the, the base bouncing off the corners, that's the majority of what you really hear or what the mic picks up. The, the higher frequencies don't bounce around nearly as much. And I get, you know, that's why there's a uh, bookshelves are really good for this because even though they look like it's a nice big flat surface, they're not because all the books are slightly off. So things don't all On bounce paper back. is actually soft ish, soft ish. And it won't bounce back. I mean, that's you're kind of just trying to break up like you would mm-hmm. radar hitting an airplane that yeah. you're trying to go stealth. Yeah. You want to kind of have it uh, dissipate yeah in different ways but this is why i've gone to using dynamic microphones which help because they they take a lot to drive them 
you have to sit right up on it which a lot of people don't like mm-hmm. yeah but i one like the sound of that overall and two it helps with the reverb and i used to drive me nuts until maybe this has just gotten way worse and it probably has with like the COVID era but watching things from the nascar pre-race show that's in a studio watching a variety of news coverage and things like that you're hearing a lot of really crappy audio in professional Mm -hmm. settings now yep so it's like i'm still doing better than that so i try not to be totally insane and like i have to get rid of every little bit of that because then you kind of sound a little too npr like when it's which is the best I, I do like that. It's my favorite kind of audio where it's like the whole rest of the world when you have your earbuds in yeah, where the whole rest of the world disappears and you can't hear any yep. little reverberations or anything in the room. Yeah. But it does. It's a kind but of I like remember that. somebody. I think Adam might have been talking about uh, like those NPR booths are million dollar booths like they're or maybe a hundred thousand, but they're super expensive they're they're better than most commercial radio stations oh yeah commercial uh recording studios i mean that's uh you go in and everything just dies and you can build these things and i've thought about it and i'm like okay i don't want to be that crazy but there's uh a company what do they call these things like the little echo the whisper booths or something there's a company Mm -hmm. that basically has kits in different Mm -hmm. sizes yeah that you can create your own little rooms and it's got the sound absorbing foam all the way around, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little window if you want to see somebody outside at a control desk. Mm. But I think that would be a little weird to be in a very small cocoon type thing when recording. I, I need it depends how small it is. I've got yeah. one of those portable kits that I bought and then have never used. That's uh, well, that's not a surprise. Up. I know, right? That folds up into, you know, kind of a flat-ish thing and then unfolded. It's about an 18 by 18 by 18 cube where you put the microphone inside of it towards the back. And then uh, it's your, you know, it's basically just in front of your head and your chest. I've got one of those too. It's like, it's very weird because you're like talking into a It's bizarre because... I have to be looking at a screen most of the time if I'm doing a show. I mean, I get not really this show, I guess, but it's um, it's weird when you're just looking at nothing but the mic itself and you can't see a goddamn thing other than that. Yes. And that, again, is to just try to break down the reverberations. And there's much better ways to do mm-hmm. that. A lot of people buy those things and they yeah. think, you know, I'm living on a... Uh, ground floor in manhattan apartment and that's Mm going to block the outer sounds it's not no no those things are all just about reverb yeah yeah and ultimately i think that's like you mentioned by using a dynamic mic it's having the biggest effect because uh if i remember correctly the the sound volume level uh is the increased by a factor of an exponent it's like the square of the distance so if you get half the distance so you get twice as close to your mic the sound is like four times louder in the mic i think 
I, you know, check on this guys. I, I don't remember, but I believe that's what it was. So by getting really up close within an inch of the mic itself, uh, you are significantly louder than any outside sounds. And therefore all those sounds are just below the, uh, the threshold of the microphone. Well, and then you add in a noise gate. Yeah. So when you're quiet, it close. It's like, Oh, if it's, uh, if it's under a certain amount of volume, it's just not going to come through anyway. Well, and I don't even know if you need a noise gate for that. I, I mean, I barely hear any difference whether it's on or not. Like there's a very slight buzz and it's basically the fans on the computer. <laughs> That's about it. Damn fans wanting to be uh, cool. Yeah. There's not much, uh, other noise and then what i ended up having to do if you remember when you kept complaining about my microphone and then adam when i interviewed him said oh yeah you got uh you got some uh ground loop issues i'm like what you didn't believe me but when the pod father tells you you jump right right so you know when 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 a blind guy and a deaf guy tell me something then i gotta take note (laughs) right if if they both agree there might be something (laughs) wrong yeah and uh and my solution thankfully worked great for that which is to put uh one of those fer- ferrite traps around the microphone cable ryan bemrose says bullshit gene has no fans <laughs> oh. that's harsh man hardy hard i can't believe he's actually listening that's amazing he's listening live and in the troll room available yeah. trollroom.io yeah so did you did you um, create some more fans by pissing off uh, CSV now? I don't know. Maybe it's possible. <laughs> he always wants to complain about things. Uh, well, he's very black and white. I know, but he didn't realize that he was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's always the pot kettle situation, and it's the internet. I don't know if people understand that every little bit that you post to something like Twitter or Instagram. If you don't own that photo, you can't just take a photo from somewhere else and be like, Hey, look at this. That's technically illegal. Oh, that's all I do. I know you, you're a lawbreaker, mm-hmm. but to be fair, you're in Moscow where they've said Western laws don't <laughs> make anything to us. No, it means nothing. Yeah. And see, this is how that I get a, a, a direct message from CSB saying, so really what country are you currently in? <laughs> <laughs> I told him I was an international spreading waters. rumors, man. You're yeah. spreading rumors. Yeah. I'm an in international waters. I, you know, take everything and I bounce it through, you know, an oil rig somewhere in a mm-hmm. golf somewhere way out. <laughs> so the only way to do it, the only yeah. way to be safe, you got to be on the road. You got to be just having yeah. fun. Well, this is like back in the day where I, I had a satellite phone. True. You can't be tracked. Well, you can be tracked, but, uh, uh, well, the, the, you, you could be tracked, but the thing with satellite phones is, um, the, at least the old school ones is, uh, there was no GPS, uh, data going through those lines. Now the current generations all have that, but back in the day, uh, if you're making that phone call, the, the only thing that they would know is that you, which side of the planet you're on. That's it. Not easy to track based on that. No. And I wanted to know, I had a YouTube video pop up and I'm like, this is weird because it's not like something I would ever watch. So I want to know if you 
uh, had watched this video because I want to see if this theory was correct that uh, I forget what it was the same recommendations right because the last time I was like oh I saw this weird thing and you're like oh, mm-hmm. I watched that a week ago mm-hmm. did you see uh, a couple of guys doing a walkthrough of a 250 million dollar penthouse apartment in New York no okay it was fabulous let me tell you yeah if I had an extra $250 million laying around. But honestly, if I had that much money in New York would be the last place I would spend it. I mean, really? Because why would you want to be in New York? No, you wouldn't. I mean, the no, only I nice think- thing would be this place. It even had like a thousand. It was a huge outdoor terrace with like big mm-hmm. 12 foot. Because you have to have the, the glass around it because otherwise people would die. Mm-hmm. because it was like 120 something stories above the ground and mm-hmm. they're like it's totally quiet which would be really bizarre to be in new york and just be outside mm. and be like you can hear nothing oh was this one of those thin buildings it wasn't super thin it was central okay. park tower or something like that yeah i think on the south side it, or was it the north side they've got the really skinny buildings uh, where and what I mean by skinny is they're they look Pencil. bizarre, yes, because they're they're basically one apartment per level, right? And so you, the cool thing is, you know, they're basically all suites, but the the height of the building versus the outside dimensions just seems like that thing should fall over. Yeah, you're like, this doesn't, uh, when the wind blows, and they show this, on the Uh top of this building, they have a huge machine Mm -hmm. that is kind of like a shock absorber. I was not even aware of this technology Mm -hmm. to help stabilize the building when, you know, you have high winds or anything like that, that it kind of counteracts Mm -hmm. any of the forces on the building. And I'm like, that seems like a really good idea Mm -hmm. when you're up 140 stories or whatever this thing was it's not that tall is it i didn't think that we had buildings that tall yeah no US. this was the the penthouse was at the in the 120s i thought maybe because it, it, it was three levels within the penthouse i thought it got up to 130 stories above it was a very tall building in new york it was you uh, look down the tallest they were, building in new york is 104 floors this was its central park uh something or whatever it's all a residential building Hmm. but it was looking down on it they call it uh, the billionaire's row because there was another one of those and it was a skinnier building next to it and it looked like nothing compared to this thing yeah there's nothing here over 100 you don't think there's any Uh, buildings in new york central park tower 98 floors either that or they said stories over maybe the floors and stories are different um, $75 million Parktown apartment. Uh, you see the building rises 1,550 feet with 98 yeah. above ground stories and three basement stories. Yeah. 1,550 feet is 98 stories. Well, they said they were on the 120 something floor. So that's, uh, you got well, me. Somebody heard something wrong. I'm looking at the building itself. Here. But they lied. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't think they, we had anything that tall. I mean, it is 1,500 square feet. It does, or 1,500 feet says that. 
it's a half a kilometer basically let's see there is a listing for it yeah in case anybody's looking for a little yeah, no, it, look, i've got one for 75 million here i don't know where you're getting 200 million uh 200 i think you're just making up numbers it is the central park tower penthouse 217 west 57th street new york 10019 it is 23 rooms seven bedrooms eight bathrooms three half baths it has 17,545 square feet. Your monthly taxes are $40,000. How many, feet? Uh, How many square feet? 17,545. Oh, that's bigger than what I'm looking at. This one's only 12,000 square feet. The 175 million. Your charges to live in the building are 29,000 and your monthly taxes are 40,000. So. Have you seen a picture of this building? How can you call this not skinny? This is absolutely the skinny building. Well, I've seen skinnier. This is this looks like a, a normal high rise to me. It doesn't look like one of the the ultra skinny ones. Really? Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, a fairly impressive looking guy. I mean, they claim that this is the tallest residential penthouse mm-hmm. or resident. I mean, it may have been tallest, uh, highest residence in the country, mm-hmm. which is possible. I mean, I don't know. I don't normally follow these things. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's the kind of stuff that you see in, um, in TV shows like billions. Right. Well, that was immediately, I'm like, well, this would just be a great setting for, uh, so many different things. I mean, not if I had to pay for it, but for things that yeah. you could base on, that's exactly what I thought. Like, like a it's, television series. It's neat, but it's so not worth the money. Well, no, of course not. Because you're paying you know, for the you location. Buy a small country for that much. Yes. You know, 27 foot ceilings when you get to uh, something that high is. Uh, oh, it's got an indoor swimming pool. Well, see, that changes it for you, right? You're like, uh, okay, maybe it's worth it. <laughs> your mortgage. Uh, so everybody out there, if you're looking for this and you, you need to be able to afford 1.4 million a month mm-hmm. for your mortgage at a, a 6.9% interest rate with a 20% down payment. It does say Central Park Tower. Tower. It says ten. I should just stop Central talking. Park Tower. Yeah, it is 131 stories. It says it's not though. I but I don't. That's what it says. Isn't a story usually like 10 feet? Wasn't that what a story used to be like? Or am I wrong? It depends on what it was built. So 131 stories. This was built in 2019. I mean, and it's skinny, but it's not the skinniest building. It's an interesting mm. marvel of. Uh, it's pretty skinny. If anybody lives in one of these buildings, let us know. Yeah, that listens to this. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, we'd like to. We'll just come and do a show from there. That would be fun. As long as you can fly us out there with a mm. uh, private plane. And we don't have to deal with the TSA. That would be perfect. I don't know how you get. I don't see anything that says 134s. I can send you the link to the listing for the home that says exactly that. I think they're probably doing kind of what you suggested, which is saying, well, if a typical f- building would be 10 feet per floor than our building is 150 floors right that's where you would come out but that's at not this height. a fucking floor a floor has a button on the elevator 
unless it's the 13th floor. And sometimes that doesn't. Uh, then it's bullshit, too. I don't understand that. There's out of all the floors, there's going to be at least 8% of the population that isn't stupid enough to be. Uh, what's the word? Uh, superstitious. That's the word. Superstitious. Exactly. Yeah. Superstitious. They're just regular stitches just, and right, they would be just, just fine living there. Yeah. We're all you stitches people. <laughs> and I love that, you know, you're, you're paying a mortgage of 1.5 million a month and they still yeah. list things like, Oh, the building has a doorman. Yeah. Well, I fucking hope so. Mm-hmm. I'd hope it had a little more than that. I would hope you have your own doorman. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you even had your own private elevator for the three levels in your uh, building, in your little. Right. So are those, are they calling those three levels, six floors? Probably. You can go up 14, maybe 15 floors. (laughs) In your own building, in your own damn condo. Just just keep going up. Uh, Yeah. 131 stories. That is such bullshit. No, that is not true. I think you should buy the thing and then tell us how you can get it renamed to different levels or they're just considering. And I can understand this. Maybe you've got some of the base levels that you've got 20, 30 foot ceilings. And they're like, well, that's only one. Technically that's one level, Mm -hmm. but I don't know then how you get to the total. I don't really care. It was kind of impressive though. I mean, it wasn't as impressive as then the other thing. I don't, I don't know how these things are connected. But it YouTube popped out a documentary on the uh, the original stealth plane from back in the sixties. It was what the SR seventy one, and that thing. Oh my god, that was an impressive piece of engineering for the sixties. Yeah, everything's a lot less impressive these days. It seems that way. Like, why mm-hmm. is that? I thought AI was going to fix everything. Oh, it will when it kills humanity okay here we go it is a 98 story building the of which the top floor is numbered 136 why or how or where is this information (laughs) i don't understand because they don't just skip the 13th floor apparently they skip every 13 no it is a it Wait. is ninety eighth floor building Wait, with one hundred thirty six so like, stories. So thir- what? What do you mean every thirteen? Like is twenty six? Oh my god! Then? No, I just made that part up. That's not a, this is not what it actually says in Wikipedia. But it does say that it's ninety eight uh, ninety eight stories, of which the top floor is numbered one thirty six. You're like why? How? That's called marketing, man. That's marketing because not only higher. not only is it the tallest building that you can have an apartment in even taller than trump Plaza, i might add well that but, means trump's gonna have to get bigger yeah i know right go bigger go home but it also has a higher floor number than the burj khalifa so this you is you can why. live on 136th floor take that everybody else but we it, can put a different number sticker on here yeah yeah we're gonna call this one l- one little floor maybe they just have some very little floors that are only like five inches high well i remember watching a movie about that uh remember the uh, being john malkovich yes oh yeah that uh where you're on the seven and a half floor or whatever it was oh right with uh, Cusack in it yeah that was a great movie it was a kooky movie it was, it was trippy yeah very trippy 
where everybody acts with just a total straight face. Like everything that seems bizarre in the characters in the movie, just take for what it is. Like nothing's out of place. Nope. Like you have a floor between two floors. That's half height. Uh huh. That's how you get to 131 stories. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Uh huh. You're listening to the Seinfeld of podcasts, unrelenting dot show. That's right. Now, technically speaking, you're, you're saying we're not allowed to use Seinfeld to advertise ourselves. Um, I would never say that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a, uh-huh. it's a comparison as, as we've been told by others mm-hmm. who have referred to this show as the Seinfeld of podcast. Yeah. It's been called the greatest show somebody has never heard. That's right. Podcast about nothing. Emanating live from Mother Russia or from a uh, oil rig in undescribed Or an apartment waters. in New York. Yes. Yes. On the 30, 136th floor. I want to do the show from out on the open terrace at that mm-hmm. level. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be awesome. Apparently, it's quiet. Yes, which is the environment you need for a podcast recording. Maybe we could like, um, what do you call that? When you go down from a line from a helicopter, there's a particular word for that, Mm -hmm. uh, but you can do that. Just drop in. That would be awesome. Totally. Have have you ever jumped out of an airplane? You know, I never have, and I hope not to. (laughs) I'm with you on that one. I thought you'd be like, well, I hope sometime that would be Uh be like, no, no, I, I actually have. I mean, somebody bought me one of those. They tried to throw you out of a plane? Mm-hmm. Or? Yeah. Yeah. No, they bought. That was uh, a. Uh, so I got two interesting wedding gifts. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't from your wife and best man. Here we, <laughs> yeah, right. We, exactly. We, we bought you. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> we have an experience. One, was, one for, is for a uh, for um, jumping out of an airplane. And the other one was for a class in free diving without uh, oxygen. Yeah, somebody was trying to kill you. And I keep thinking, it was like, why do people keep giving me gifts I'm not going to use? Because <laughs> they're not cheap. Like, these were expensive things that people bought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, you know. That's not. Those experiences are yeah, not cheap. And then they, they weren't just, like, suggestions are hard. They were actual gift cards. And uh, face and I'm like, right, repel, what the fuck repelling. are you thinking? You repel down. What? what? You repel down from a helicopter on a line. That's what you do. Repel. Oh, yeah. We're not the best in English. That's what we've learned. But yeah. Why would you sell it? What'd you call it? I didn't remember what it was called. Oh. But, Repelling, uh, yeah. but I think, yeah, you should notice that there's a, a pattern there when people are like, we want to throw Gene out of a plane. Uh-huh. We want to take him down without oxygen into uh-huh. the deep water. Yeah. There's, Which I, I mean, I think both of those things are really cool. Just not for me. You know, like I would rather do things where I might not die. Then again, eating a plate of barbecued ribs could kill you. So I could totally do that. And it kind of has long term been killing me, right? <laughs> well, that was, oh, yeah. man, those ribs sure sound good. Yeah, that was uh, Kevin Smith when he had his widow maker. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've been I've been eating healthier. And the guy's like, the doctor's like, no, this was probably started with that you know, Twinkie, you first date at five years old. This is not, mm-hmm. uh, this is not something that happens overnight or clears up overnight. Yeah. Well, Kevin Smith lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then he, he had a break with reality, wound up in the nut hut for a while. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, that was recent. And I know that's that seems like I'm taking it lightly, and I don't mean to. It's just uh, the way we used I think to it's hilarious. What was that? I think it's hilarious. Oh, it's interesting, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, he's always kind of been a little kooky. You know, and he's, uh, well, he's always been a great storyteller, but he went in his, uh, and he didn't start at least, which is good for him. Probably he didn't start until his adult life in his thirties. I think when he started doing the weed and he does it lots. So it well, would be, it would be I, yeah, interesting it, to me to know what kind of effect that has on having a break from reality. Um, Hmm. Because there are folks that can handle it. I mean, there's Willie Nelson, who obviously well, nobody apparently we never causes any issues is what I keep hearing from people. Like that, it's literally has no effect on anyone, apparently. Right. Except for the people that it does. Well, and I'm not one of them. I mean, I scientifically tested this. Well, this is true. On me. And which is why you can't treat everybody the same. And you can't be like, because you're able to do it. Because Willie Nelson's been able to have a 90-year life as a very productive musician and smoked a lot of weed. Just because there are certain people that can handle something doesn't mean that for somebody else mm-hmm. it won't be detrimental. So, Alcohol by the way, the same you're, way. You're, you're wrong about Kevin Smith. But What do you mean but, wrong? I mean, he, was, he started smoking pot at 24. Okay, but he was not in his like teens. He was not in his 30s. So 24, we will take that. I was just guesstimating. Mm-hmm. I see. Maybe I just feel like I'm way older. So when <laughs> you're trying to make him not seem as quite as uh, maybe. Well, he is literally our age. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's been smoking the weed for half his life. And he went yeah. and he released a thing and I, I watched it. He, he talked about how he had trauma as a kid because when he was like nine years old some older kid made him put his mouth on some like nine-year-old girl's private parts and the girl had Mm -hmm. to put her mouth on his private parts and he talked that trauma you know that that's the asshole in me i mean back when we were that age that ain't called trauma boy no you know and that's that's called games kids play when they didn't have cell phones so we're happy kids have cell phones now. Well, at least now they can video it. A cell phone is literally a pacifier. And his whole talk, and this is where he lost me, was that his therapist or whoever told him that all trauma is trauma. There are no degrees. And I'm like, bullshit. You're not going to tell me. Because somebody put their uh, mouth on your Johnson when you were nine is the same as somebody that's been in a war zone watching bodies literally blow up in front of them. You're not going to tell me that's the same amount. Okay, I can explain this a little bit. So if you don't think of what the trauma is, I think what he's referring to is the chemical processes that take place in your brain when you're exposed to. Uh, high levels of stress that that 
chemical process is going to be the same. That would make sense. So let's say you experience the two traumas that you just mentioned, and then you have amnesia. You would still show signs of somebody who had been traumatized at some point, regardless of whether that was due to war or sucking some guy's dick. That wasn't even a guy, which was the intriguing thing. It was a girl for him. Yeah, so this that's, is that's that's not really called trauma then. I, that I didn't want to be that guy because then you're hate you're a hateful mofo. How could you say that his trauma wasn't? And I think this is one of the problems we're dealing with as a society now is that we're pushing all this stuff. So like, oh no, yeah, you were traumatized. You're apparently a victim. his daughter is 23 right now. Yeah, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Kind of got a little bit of a horse face thing going on though. But I know. Oh, it's got good lips. Gene at Nevtuliev.com. Or is it surgene.com? If people want to email. Uh huh. Yes, it's it's gene at surgene.com. But I just don't uh buy okay, the chemical process may be similar, but I don't believe that there's no difference in intensity. And maybe somebody Oh, there is there there might be, but it they could be reversed for different people. Some people might get a much bigger uh bang out of uh war and the other people um would get a much bigger bang out of uh, sex. It's a weird thing, the human condition. I mean, if you've been growing up with a cell phone watching porn since you were five years old, I don't think that would be traumatic, particularly to, uh, you know, have sex as a kid. Yeah. Now this, I would think has to be having a huge effect on Everybody that's been growing up in these generations, which we did not, we missed it by just a little bit. Missed it by that much. And I'm glad I do. Yeah, I kind of am too. Exactly. Like porn was hard to get when we were kids. You actually had to go into a store. You know, you had to buy a magazine. Uh, Yeah. Or, or just flip through the Sears catalog. Well, I guess that was your, uh, the low end. But then it was, that's where the Victoria's Secret uh, catalog. Yeah, and, and then the uh, Victoria's Secret catalog. Exactly. You know, this was it. What could you get your I think, hands on? I think on? Most, most of guys that I knew in, in high school were getting a subscription to the Victoria's Secret catalog. Yeah, you just, you know, it's free. You just have to put it a name free. in. It is free. It's delivered to your door. <laughs> <laughs> your, your parents might be like, uh, no, Jimmy. You, you, this is why you always check the mail when you get home from school before your parents get home. Right. You want to get whatever you can out first. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't know. I must have sent some wrong person. Look, it's none of our names are on this thing. Right. It's just like Harry Palms is the name on the uh, on the catalog. Oh, is that the one that you used? Okay. Right. No, I, the variety. You had to use a kid to keep a wide variety going. Uh-huh. But it was always, you know, easy for me because once I hit 16, once I was able to drive, I was already like six foot whatever. So it was never hard to just walk into a bookstore or a gas station mm-hmm. and, you know, get a Playboy or whatever, because. Yeah, because nobody checked shit back then. No, why would they? You look like you're old enough. Yeah. You want some smokes to go with that? Uh-huh. And nobody, again, nobody want, I guess maybe that was the start of nobody wanting any conflict. It was just like, eh, all right, mm-hmm. what do I care? Why am I going to ask? Yeah. But it was definitely a different concept where if you could have just, because, hey, I remember being like, 
whatever it was, maybe 12, 13, when the over the air scrambled signal started. And you could kind of see something if you tried to tune it in just mm. right. That was the good old days, I see, guess. We always had HBO. See, not us. No. It was later, a mm. little later when cable uh, hit here. Found the picture of Harley Quinn wearing Harley Quinn outfit. And you're like, yes, please. Uh, not really. It's not a bad outfit. I mean, the, I guess you the cuter the girl, the better, though. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the the penultimate is uh, what's her name the the current <laughs> chick, the penultimate Margot the Australian Robbie. chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. loved Margot Robbie from the moment I saw her, uh-huh. and that was in uh, if I'm remembering correctly, this very short lived television series called Pan Am, where she played a really hot stewardess. That was not the first thing she was in. Dude. It's the first thing I remember seeing her. Okay. All right. I'm sure she was probably, I know she was in things in Australia, like a uh, soap opera or something there, but I had, uh, I probably still cycles through here wallpaper on my multiple desktops of her in the Pan Am thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow. Remember if it was flying. Cause I don't remember flying ever being like that, but I'm like, I missed out on that. I was born way too late. That would have been way better. I remember flying like that. The Don Draper. Well, you're like 106. <laughs> the Don Draper concept. Just had my birthday. Wow. Really? When was your birthday? Yesterday. Really? Yeah. Well, I talked to you yesterday. You didn't even tell me. Happy birthday. Well, I forgot it was my birthday. You forgot it was your birthday? <laughs> Were you just trying to forget? Is this a state no, secret? No, I just kind of, yeah, it's, you get old enough, you you just don't remember things. I mean, I didn't even hear them mention you on uh, No Agenda. No, I forgot to donate money. You want your buddy, you have to donate just to get a mention? Everybody has to donate. I know, which is why I've never been mentioned for my birthday uh-huh. on No Agenda either. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, I'm like, I, that, that seems, it seems bad to do that on your own behest. Does it? Why? Yeah, it seems a little do self-serving. You, do you make restaurant reservations on your own behest? Well, no. Why would I make reservations? That means I would go out. Ah, I see. Do you, do you order food uh, online on your own behest? Yes, but that's only you online. Don't wait for your wife to do it. No, that I understand. You're a traditionalist, and you expect your wife to be doing these things for you. But uh, I just, you know, I guess I'm a more modern male. I, I, I think it's fine to do some of these things on your own. I cannot remember the last time my wife made a meal. And I'm not saying that just to be like, I can't remember, but it literally, I can't remember. Is she any good at it? No. Okay. Well then you're not missing. Anything. No, this is exactly why I, I agree with that concept because I think ultimately you should marry a woman that knows how to cook. If you give a shit about that kind of thing, if you don't, that's fine. But, um, there's no point in somebody cooking poorly for you. Yes, when I can actually cook myself and exactly. I do it quite well. Exactly. Now, I had the misfortune of both being a, a relatively decent cook myself and marrying somebody that was a good cook. And so we had a lot of food. Now, I'm looking at the IMDb page for Margot Robbie, and she was mm-hmm. only listed in five things before Pan Am. And I doubt you saw any of them. Really? One was something called ICU. Yeah. Well, One was the Elephant Princess, two episodes. That, yeah. Vigilante Review with Miles Barlow and City Homicide. 
Um, so Pan hmm. Am was Pan Am was two years was before that? Wolf of Wall Street. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't see Pan Am until after Wolf of Wall Street. So I guess oh, there you go. See, I'm wrong again. See, wow. So she was, she was, that was her first role in the U.S. was Pan Am? I think so. I mean, it's the first one huh. I remember uh, seeing. It was like, wow, she's hot. Yeah. No, she definitely is hot. I mean, the Wolf of Wall Street, just that one scene. Uh, yeah, That's pretty hot. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that everybody knows <laughs> has seen the movie. And now the people that haven't are like, huh, maybe I should add that to the queue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody should. The Wolf of Wall Street is a great movie. It was it had uh, it had I I think a very uh, a very good cast all around. Oh, you like little Leo? Yeah, Jonah Hill. I don't know how little he is. Big Jonah Hill, little Leo, Matthew McConaughey, Kyle Chandler. Oh, Matthew even- McConaughey is just straight up on drugs the entire movie. Well, isn't that Matthew McConaughey overall? Yeah, and it, I mean, like what he does, it may well have been scripted, but it looks absolutely <laughs> unscripted. It looks like a guy's just like, yeah, what are we doing here? Let's see. Before the camera rolls, let's just fuck around a little bit. Uh-huh. I mean, Rod, I don't uh, if you Rod haven't Rider. seen the movie, you will know exactly what I'm talking about when you see it. If you have seen it, you already know what I'm talking about. The scene with Matthew McConaughey in there. Yeah, I didn't even remember Rob Reiner being in it, but I try to block him out, I think, as much. I as- don't think that's a real person. And uh, John Favreau in it, even though he's a liberal yeah. scumbag, I like him. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I like John Favreau. He's he's a good guy. Going back to Swingers, baby. That is that's a, right. That is one of the greatest movies ever made. Fight me if you don't believe that one. I completely agree. And that movie, I remember watching in the theater when it first came out. Um, used to watch. I used to watch a lot of movies in the theater. I I went to a, uh, you know, one of those kind of uptown hip theaters back in the day watched the uh, rocky horror picture show back when that came out uh watched a bunch of movies right when they first came out at that same theater but anyway um yeah when that movie i was watching that movie holy shit they're literally, literally making a movie about my life yeah 1996 mm-hmm. wow how long ago now 1926 yes, oh my god it's very close to 1926 <laughs> Vegas, baby. Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Now, it was it was a great movie. Uh, John Favreau both wrote it and started it. And he was great. Vince Vaughn. That was his first big thing, at least that I saw. And uh, like his scene at the end of the movie where he's sitting in the diner with a bunch of stamps on his on his wrists. And then he sees this milf kind of like making goo goo eyes and oh yeah yeah he's imagining it's all for him and oh, he's that's like right, baby. talking through it oh yeah you're a dirty baby oh yeah yeah you're dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sees the woman pick up a baby cradle that she was making goo goo eyes at uh-huh oh classic that was scene. classic how many times has that happened to you gene be honest oh my god way too many <laughs> dude you're like oh. this is written about my life it really was. And uh, and I was doing swing dancing at the time. So it was definitely. A, oh, yeah. The music. Yeah. The music's good. But it, it was a. It was a crazy time in American history, man. Well, yeah. I remember there was even a scene where they almost get into a like gunfight with, with another. Mm-hmm. Like, 
gang thing going on. Uh, I will say a young Heather Graham. Very, very cute. Oh, yes. That was, I think that was the first movie I saw her in. Uh And she was like, holy shit. This chick is, I have always been a huge fan of hers. I've always been very sad that she never made it big in Hollywood. Because she really is, she just had that all-American prettiness about her. Yeah, a little quirky. She was a little a, bit, but but holy shit, drop dead gorgeous. Oh, much yeah. much in the same way as Margot Robbie, uh, where like I don't think there's a movement that she can make that doesn't look sexy. She was good in uh, Roller Girl. Well, yeah, Roller Girl, but also because I just saw recently <laughs> rewatched Scrubs. It's like, oh yeah, she was in Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Not enough, but. Uh, yeah, she was not enough in anything, but yeah, it, you know, she was great as Roller Girl in, uh, what was that movie? Uh, I'm just looking. She has a lot. She's still working and does a lot of work. Just like you said, never, never really made it big. No. No. And yeah, she used to be absolutely just prettiest girl you've ever seen. But everybody, you have to see. And swingers. she doesn't look bad. I'm pretty sure she's vegetarian. Is that, uh, she did it. Yeah, yeah. For women, women, if they want to remain attractive looking, should not eat meat. Well, um, men should only eat meat. So it's it's a fair division of labor. I I may have to pull that as an ISO. Men should only eat meat. Um, I, it's true. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, women, I mean, it's, it's more fun to hang out with chicks that are meat eaters, but consistently, if you look at somebody that looks super attractive and you go and dig it, dig into it, you'll realize they're a vegetarian because that you eating meat, eating the, uh, the proteins in the meat accelerates visible aging of the skin and the uh, the subdermal tissues and the reverend um, dr pfeiffer agrees with you that heather graham was flat out a knockout in boogie nights as roller yeah girl. boogie nights that was the yeah it was a roller girl in boogie nights that was a great movie too all the best stuff was made long before the 2000 uh, clock hit um in a lot of ways i mean really We've been in an era of remakes for a good 15, 20 years now. Oh, yeah. It's like there's no new ideas. No new ideas. I don't understand why there's even a writer's strike when there's nothing written in Hollywood. I know. There are so many different ways to go. I mean, the problem is that everybody feels like every story's already been told, and that's pretty much true, but you just got to change it around a little. That's it. Yeah, and th- and then stuff like Game of Thrones comes out, and you're like, "Holy shit, that's a new story!" Or Harry Potter when that like, came out. How many times do you have to remake Camelot? Because that's what Hollywood would do if these things didn't exist. Well, no, because it's good easy. writers will always come up, or good AI for that matter, will always come up with creative original ideas that no one's ever done. You look at music; it's all been done. You look at fiction it's all been done mm-hmm. you know, they're using the same words. oh people. i was watching a documentary about dick dale ah the great guitar player i was gonna send it to you but i fell asleep <laughs> i literally i like fell asleep watching this while thing. listening to some sweet sounds of california surf rock 
uh, well, sweet sounds of um, uh, Miserloo. That is a great tune. And uh, like they were deconstructing it. And what was interesting is that he had a background in uh, Middle Eastern percussion. Did not know that. Yeah. So apparently he's of Middle Eastern ancestry. And did, his, did not know his that. uncle or somebody had taught him how to play a dumbek as a kid, which is a um, uh, Middle Eastern, really more of a Egyptian drum. So, yeah, it was pretty interesting. And, and you really get that sort of rhythmic style when you, uh, when you start listening to his music knowing that. Uh, and then in the interviews, he was actually talking about, you know, verbally using the same terminology that I learned when I learned that instrument, um, except he's referring to strumming his guitar. And he also, uh, what I didn't realize is, you know, he played wrong-handed. You mean he played left-handed, but without restringing? Yes. Is that uh, yes. what you consider yes. wrong-handed? He played a right-handed guitar left-handed. With the strings upside down or yes. just re- That's weird. Yes. That's that how he learned. Rough. That's how he learned. He took a normal guitar. Like, wait, this isn't, I don't, I guess if you're playing by ear, that would, uh. You can learn just about anything. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was a, a tester for Fender. So like all their models that were coming out during that era, he would get the betas of to beat the crap out of because apparently he was a very hard player. Well, yeah, because he's playing that rhythmic. Yeah. And he he'd used heavier gauge strings. So they were thicker strings pulled tighter and that makes it like 10 times harder to play yeah yeah exactly but it also puts a lot of stress on the neck of the guitar right yeah, and every other component son of a bitch right uh-huh. off he said that he broke a lot of their guitars um but they they literally used him um for um like the stratocaster and all these famous guitars that came out back then to be the first guy that ever played them that, that was their tester so uh, fascinating stuff. I mean, this is the kind of shit I watch as I'm trying to fall asleep. Wait, you you shouldn't be watching things that are engaging your brain when you're trying to fall asleep because then your brain's like, this is interesting. I want to watch this. My brain's always engaged. You can't <laughs> shut it off. I don't Dude, I had a dream th- this morning. <sighs> People are going to either laugh or think I'm crazy here, but I'm so waiting in, for one of those in my dream. <laughs> Yes, the subject matter of the dream was uh, me coming to a large Fortune 500 type company, full three-piece suit, well, two-piece suit, uh, wearing to run a large project. And uh, I mean, it's like, how many other people dream dreams involve project management? Nobody's sane. <laughs> Nobody this at all. Literally actually was the, the dream this morning. So yeah, it's a little nutty. You're like, I, is that your subconscious being like, I want to go back to work? Um, well, I have been working a lot more lately. 
Maybe it's your subconscious saying you're working too much. I don't think so. I think it's just that it, it's a, it's a thing I particularly enjoy that happens to be in my dream. The troll room all agrees. You're just overall crazy for a variety of reasons. Well, that I'm not going to argue with, but you should get into the troll room. It's a place to be. I wish I could. I've been permabanned from there. So that's not a, I'm a persona non grata. I am not allowed to be in the troll room. Now nah, there was probably a good reason for it. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't believe there could have been a good reason for a permaban of such a, such, of such a, place, a fine but, individual such as yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, frankly, I'm kind of shocked that the people that are allowed to permaban even have rights to begin with. It may be just the IP range in Moscow has been blocked. So you should mm-hmm. maybe try a VPN. I'll try a VPN. No, I'm pretty sure it's the actual name that's been banned. Well, that could be too. I'm not about to change my name. Maybe somebody else grabbed that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Which is funny because I was on the troll room before the person had blocked me. Yes. I was one of the, the original people on the troll room because I had been spending a lot of time with the guy that created it. Okay, do you want to know how crazy our friend comic strip blogger is? How? He says that because I said uh, all memes are illegal, he says, wrong. Memes don't have copyright signs. CSB, you are so far out of the loop, my friend. Where do you think the pictures come from for the memes? You don't have to have a copyright sign to make them copyrighted. Everybody making the meme, every time you go to your favorite movie, and you grab a still shot out of it and mm-hmm. then repost it with some words you added. That's illegal. Well, it, not if it's transformative. No, it is. It's illegal. You can't. No, use not if it's transformative. Nope. Not true. What do you mean? Nope. Yes. Not transformative. Yes, totally. Nope. You cannot no, just it, take somebody's photograph, add some words and go, this is transformative. You will not win that case in court. And you know it. Uh, if you take somebody's photograph, all memes are illegal. Yeah, that's not, it's, uh, I'm going to agree with CSB on this. That, that's not a true statement. <laughs> no, not at all. I would say plenty of memes are illegal. Most. But no way all. would I say all memes are illegal. If there are plenty of memes I've seen. Somebody else's photograph. So much work that was put into changing. Somebody, so much to work put into happen. adding a few words to it. No, it's not. A meme is not just a photo with a few words. That's what like, 99% that's a, of them are. That's that's a very lazy meme. Well, of course, but it's a okay, very well, lazy Okay, well, then say society. 99% of all memes are illegal. Don't say all memes are illegal. 99.9% of memes are illegal. There you go. So all the ones you're posting, CSB, they're illegal. The meme police are going to come for you. I like the Dalek sound. Oh, yeah. The Dalek sound. I love the Dalek. Exterminate. Uh-huh. Exterminate. Uh-huh. We will rise again. Uh, Davros. Yeah, I'm, I'm not very good at making that sound, actually. That's what I don't. Yeah. It's, it's a very raspy sound. Oh, yeah. There's no, it's, there's a bit of the, uh, without a doubt, they ran that through a bit of distortion to get oh, the yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. Little overdrive. Totally. I do remember Doctor Who. That was so much fun before they moved into the doctor who can be a woman now too no she can't right exactly no make no, a new that, damn character this is where hollywood is really fucking up is that just oh, make God. a new character yeah, come on yeah exactly doc yeah doctorette who right 
Well, you Back can make another. You can make another time traveling series. It's like the it's, Doctor Who doesn't own the concept do of time remember, travel. <clears throat> uh, well, they could get sued for stealing Doctor Who's concept. I think not uh, time travel. Time travel was invented by Doctor Who. What are you talking about? Now, if they're the device that they travel in just happens to be a British police call box, then you got an issue. That was just sitting in the BBC lot. Right. It's like we're using this as a placeholder. We need a spaceship. We'll (laughs) use this as a placeholder. (laughs) We're going to change that, though. Don't worry. Uh huh. We'll fix it in post. 70 years later. (laughs) No, never got around to it. Even though there aren't any on the streets anymore. I know nobody. That's why it should be really strange when it shows up. Like, what's this? Mm -hmm. I don't like now. You actually have to explain what is a police box. Uh huh. It's a hell is box. It's what was originally. It it was originally for like just a phone to call the police, right? Inside, literally, little phone booth, Uh and the phone just only went to the popo. Yep. Yep. And back in the day, that was important because people didn't have cell phones. Mm Hmm. So if you're on the street and somebody was going to beat you over the head with a tire iron, if you could run to a police box. And, and really the only quick, reason that they exist in the, in England is because of all the rapists running around. Well, yeah, those Brits are not good people. No, no. You want to watch out for them. Absolutely. But we uh, need more time travel. You remember that Rowan Atkinson actually in one of his skits, one of his TV things did a female Doctor Who. No, I do not remember that. Oh, you need to find that clip on YouTube. Just, I'm sure if you search for Rowan Atkinson, uh, Doctor Who woman, you'll get the clip because that was like literally 10, 15 years ago. He kind of predicted this would happen. Is that the, the doctor reincarnates as a chick. And I bet you hilarity ensued in his version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was much better. Mm-hmm. much better than the reality much that much we got. better than the one that the bbc actually did well i mean really doctor who's a woman james bond's a woman you know black woman what else do we need because they can't that just shows you how, again how bad hollywood is because rather than go oh, and belinda's a woman <laughs> i mean a black woman rather than say hey you know what people seem to like james bond why don't we Little make mermaids a, a black woman why don't we make a female character that's similar to James Bond and start that series? And then we'll have two series and people will love both. No, you can't have that. No, you can't. No, no. you take, you take something and then you rape it and massacre it by switching up the protagonist. That's what you do according to Hollywood. And you know, only gay people should play gay people. Yes, but not only straight people should play straight people. Right. It's funny when that comes around. And not only white people should play white people. Oh, of course not. That would be horrible. But only black people should play black people. Yeah, because the rules are very specific about these things. Yeah, it's called fucking racism. It's the shit that Martin Luther King (laughs) Jr., you know, campaigned against. Yes. Is determining everything by race. It is literally the left going back to their roots of the kkk instead of treating people by the content of their character no it's all mm-hmm. based upon how much pigmentation just happens to be yeah, in your skin it's all it's all about how you were born that's all that matters it is insanity they also want to abort all the black babies well that was the goal of planned parenthood which is amazing yeah, yeah. 
the, the <clears> big <throat> still lie. the goal of the Democrat Party. Yeah, it seems to be because if you look at the statistics, over half the abortions performed by current Planned Parenthood are of black babies. Even though the the percentage of black population is fourteen percent in the United States, right? But fifty percent of abortions are black, and that's that's the thing that they're going to hit hang their hand on that's the thing they want to use as the main election divider for the next election is bring back abortions to the whole country yes and let's not forget the other big thing they want to talk about is gun violence but only yeah when it's a bunch of white kids at a school that die it's never let's talk about the gun violence in chicago that happens every week where a lot of black people are getting killed or or the fact that Every school shooting, without exception, includes a crazy person who is on chemicals, on drugs, yeah, for their craziness. Let's not mention that at all. Don't want to it, mention oh, that. Oh, it's clearly the gun. It's not the fact that this is a crazy person that ought to be in an asylum. But these are the same fucking people that won't admit that their children shouldn't be on the internet. If you're going to tell me that the only way to solve the gun problem is to make all guns in the country disappear then the Mm -hmm. only way to solve the mental issues that youngsters are having right now is to get rid of the internet for everybody. Mm -hmm. But nobody wants to talk about that because, Oh, that's, that's, that's a different bunch of uh, big companies right there. Uh, No, don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about how just debilitating having access to all of this stuff is like we talked about, we didn't have access to porn 24 seven when we were growing up. No, I can only imagine how detrimental that would be for one totally fucking up a kid's perception of what reality is like, because, yeah. you know, I haven't seen a lot of porn. I've seen enough to know that it doesn't really seem like well, reality. We, we know what the end result here is. This is this is not mysterious at all. Uh, the the concept of sex for pleasure uh has already had a huge effect and part of the effect of that is all the abortions going on but right the, because um, there's no other reasonable way to keep that from happening the the reason that sex feels good is because it's a very bizarre thing that has to happen between two people and so whether you want to call it God or nature or, uh, you know, whatever other terminology you want to use. Um, if sex didn't feel good, then people would not have procreated and no next generation would have been born. So almost by necessity, sex has to be the thing that feels better than anything else, because that's the thing that motivates the propagation of the species by ensuring that there is a next generation and what we're seeing in the entirety of the civilized world and maybe that's an old-fashioned term civilized world but basically in europe in the united states in russia in in places with let's put it this way in places where uh refrigeration and sewage exists the birth rate is on a steep decline Fewer and fewer people are having children. The only places that that don't have that trend are places that still, in many ways, lack modern conveniences. 
Well, and I haven't really looked into this, but from what I've heard, the younger generations are not dating as much, which is just another very weird oddity. Oh, to it's me. beyond that dating right now. The last stats that I, because I watch some of these YouTube channels that focus on this stuff. The last stats I saw that in the United States, over half of all males under the age of 26 are virgins. Half under the age of 26. Yeah. That's a damn big population. What's going on? Now, it's not true for girls because all the girls, girls are, are fucking easy. the same guy. <laughs> okay, who is this guy and why and, is and it I'm, me? I mean, I, it sounds like I'm being facetious, but it's actually statistically true. It's not the same guy, but it's a very small group of men. So effectively, for the men that fall into a certain demographic of uh, having balls. physical attributes combined with financial attributes, uh, those men have more women than men in previous generations have ever had. Um, because, th- and again, this is no surprise. Women are biologically driven to find somebody that's a mate that can ensure the welfare and survival and uh, even beyond survival, you know, advancement of their offspring of the next generation. So this is, this is really using the biological drivers that exist in all women's brains. And, uh, you combine that with, uh, ready birth control methods. You combine that with a society that doesn't place any value on having couples pair off. And this, you end up exactly where we are, which is incidentally, this is not the first time it's happened in history for a large percentage of history. During the, um, oh, really probably from the, the fall of Rome until the Renaissance, uh, this was the norm that there would be men that are born and die having never had any uh, relationships with any women. Because back then, the only way you're going to have sex with a woman is if you get married to a woman and women typically would always try to marry men that were a status above themselves and for today, the obvious logical reason. We call those men podcasters. <clears throat> well, no podcasters. Ironically, uh, I think more podcasters had sex because the average age of a podcaster, I think right now is pushing 60. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough. Fair enough. And it yeah. is, it is, uh, it's okay to be a couple in today's society, but you know what? It's not okay to be is a cis couple. And you know what? Everything besides a cis couple has in common. They can't procreate. Exactly. Exactly. Come on, um, people. Now, you, you add a bunch of old dudes like me that are also dating younger women. And then. Well, trying there, to anyway. There, there's a good, good point. Good point. Trying to, right? Sometimes successful, sometimes not. But there's a, uh, a very definite, strong pressure on the generation of the teens and 20 somethings that is basically telling him the only sex you're ever going to get is pornography. Forget about any other kind of sex. It's not going to happen. Well, and there is something to be then said for that generation, which is like, I'm taking care of business on my own. What do I need the hassle of? And, and this is the thing is what we will end up with is the, the wave, uh, returning, from feminism. So for feminism in a lot of ways caused this wave 
and we're we're I think crossing the peak of the wave to now where it's going to swing back or wash back or maybe pendulum is a better reference than a wave. But essentially, what happens when a lot of men don't end up getting married? Well, they have way more income to spend on themselves. Yeah, for things like spaceships. Even when two people work. Adidas suits. Yeah, exactly. For Adidas suits. So the Adidas suits are going to get more and more popular, I think. But yeah, you think about it. Like, what if you never got married and you were just a... Uh, a man in his 20s and 30s without the need to spend money to attract and support a young family. You definitely have more income. You have more of uh, that disposable income. Uh-huh. Did again. Yeah, more disposable. And what we're going to end up with is a situation where men will end up owning houses where women will not. Uh, men will end up having savings accounts where women will not, which as they get older, will still make the younger women interested in them because yeah. that's what they're oh, looking yeah, for. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a self-correcting system is when it comes down to it, because what will happen is women wanted equality, but they also want to be the one that always gets the kid when there's a divorce. Uh, and so what happens when there is no marriage? Well, there's no divorce if there's no marriage. Right. There's no alimony or child support when there's no marriage. Well, there could be there's, child support, but there's no alimony. Well, but the, there, well, there could be child support, but not if, if they're going to a, uh, a fertility clinic right. to have a kid. Oh, yeah. Not if you're just picking out a little vial. And um, I think this is the, the thing that's happening right now is that by women effectively at that age bracket, rejecting uh, the men that are, you know, more average, let's say, um, that are not athletes or rich or whatever. I think that the net effect is going to be that those men end up uh, focusing the energy that they would have focused on wooing a woman and then Wooing. growing a young family oh there's a word that energy is going to end up getting focused on other things for the man himself I haven't heard and that, that will make the man be better off and more attractive as he gets older well i want to know and if then, you're like if you're in your early 20s now and you're a real horn dog are you getting more than you could even want because half your brethren are like i'm gonna sit home and uh spank it yes. and, uh, yeah yeah the guys that are that are of that minority so you know physical attributes so height uh you know muscular low uh uh low fat mass uh yada 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 um and ideally in a good job where you're making decent money i'm a they, podcaster they, they have I'm six zero, six, but I'm a they have zero commitment pressure because there there is so much opportunity there that literally nothing a girl could say would get you to actually commit to her. And that's why we're seeing a lot more relationships now. And this again, coming from watching these YouTube videos where the girls are starting to accept the fact that there's always going to be side girls. It we're, we're getting more into a culture of harems, which is exactly what you've been waiting for. No, I think the harems are actually a lot of work. Uh, one at a time is absolutely fine i think that 
the the Mormons have it correct, which is uh, you you effectively have many wives, but the wives are not really, you know, like there's they 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 need to keep themselves busy. Oh, as well they should. <laughs> well, it's usually not the case in a normal marriage. It is a strange world. It really I, is. It, the, the sociological experiment called the Western world right now, which is, uh, I think, if not failing, it is certainly having a lot of detrimental effects for the people that are living in that experiment. Well, you've already and talked I, and about I totally, it. <clears throat> I think that uh, China also fits into that quite a bit because China has embraced a lot of Western mentality. So I'm really looking at like South America and Africa as the two exceptions. Well, you've already talked about the overprescription of drugs and that being a mm-hmm. prevalent thing with the mass shooters. Mm-hmm. The overprevalence of medicating our children for things like OCD and whatever they're whatever you know they're claiming that these kids have you know when i was a kid i couldn't sit still for more than five minutes now today they would think you should be on ritalin or something with that how much Mm -hmm. do you think that plays into the "Ah, i don't really want a relationship because i'm i'm Mm -hmm. doped up the drugs have any effect yeah i mean i think the drugs do have some effects and i think uh like ritalin probably makes you a lot more okay with not having sex and it's like well why are we prescribing this well Mm -hmm. because you know we have climate change and the best thing for climate change is to kill off as many humans as we can yeah yeah and that's so that no is that a side benefit or is that the main goal i think it may be the main goal yeah because i still have not seen any real evidence that climate change man-made climate change is happening i have never seen any evidence well, that, that yeah. would disprove that what the <clears throat> earth is going through right now is not the same thing it's gone through for millennia when yep. it goes through the hot and then cold spells yeah so i i think there's there's always two questions relating to this first one is they the pivot off of maybe there's three but the pivot off of um global warming to just simply climate change because climate change is very different from global warming if we're changing the climate in both directions then who gives a shit if we're changing the climate right Right. well and then they could use everything oh no now it's getting colder that's climate change all man-made it's all man-made exactly it's raining too much climate change it's too dry climate change so the first question which i don't believe has been settled some people would have of course i think plenty of people would have said well no that's it's incontrovertible science agrees those people are idiots but the first question is is there such thing as man-made climate change because uh if you look at in the in the micro scale of has there been a change in the climate of this one mile area where we just built a new factory that's spewing out all kinds of gases Probably, probably, right? But can you extrapolate that to a man-made climate change across the entirety of the globe? No, I don't think so. Uh, Again, we have a butterfly effect here that a small change in Japan could have a bigger impact on the climate happening in Texas than Texas itself doing something. So climate is 
basically the average of weather. It's, it's what happens over the long term in a particular area. That's the climate. So is man having effect on short term changes in weather? Potentially. Does that automatically translate into changes in long term uh, climate? Probably not. Uh, it may. I'm not saying it, that possibility doesn't exist, but absolutely there's been nothing that can be demonstrated as a a long-term change to a climate of a particular area. No. Well, that's it. There's the no second evidence. Question, it's a theory. Yeah. The, the next question is, even if there is, and we let's say we accept that first premise, that there is such a thing as man-made climate change. The second question is, and so what? Right. So is that for the better? Is that for the worse? And do we need to do anything about it? And the reality is, the earth is still about 10 degrees cooler than the median temperature of the earth for a large chunk, not the entirety of its existence, but a large chunk of its existence, the measurable portion, which goes back hundreds of millions of years, not billions of years that the earth itself is, but hundreds of millions of years. We well, are still in a, in a global ice age right now. Well, but that's the hilarity that nobody ever even allows for the possibility that what effect man is having on the climate might be good. It, never. Exactly. Never exactly. once have you heard that. Well, maybe this is a, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, the same people that go to the to Whole Foods to buy their greenhouse grown hydroponic tomatoes are clamoring about how we shouldn't. We shouldn't be allowed to change the climate. What do you think the greenhouse is? Yeah, that's horrible. Why do you eat food grown in the greenhouse? Because it's better. Well, why do all of these people, if they get an illness, if they get cancer, they want treatments? Why? Why not mm -hmm. let nature just take its course? That's what you're right. telling me is the way to go. Yeah, exactly. But nobody it, wants exactly. to put that correlation together. This assumption that humans are creating climate change, which has not been proven. And then furthermore, that the only possible climate change is negative. What if humans are creating climate change, but it's actually positive? Yes. Which is helping. what I would say. If there is a climate change and if it's for warmth, then all we're doing is helping to bring the planet back to where it ought to be before the previous ice age started, which we're still in. Yes, there have been drastically different climates yeah. throughout the millennia, and people just didn't live exactly. where it was the most harsh. You move. Mm -hmm. That may happen again. It's all happening before, and it's all going to happen again. Our lives are just so short. We're like, wow. We're fucking ants is what it comes down to. Uh -huh. We're like ants worried about the fact that the temperature inside the ant uh, house, whatever, ant mound, uh, feels a little warm this week. Yeah, you gotta you gotta worry about the anthill. It's like, dude, winter is coming. And this you know? is again, everybody ignores that there is no separation between countries. This is the same thing when they all try to push these internet laws, where it's like yep. you can't. It's it, when you then point to countries like, well, we have three hundred million or so generalizing in the United mm -hmm. States. 
well, India's got, what, five times that now? China's got five times that. And they both are going, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not doing any of these things. So yeah, I think they've got more than five times, don't they? Maybe. And the question would then be, well, why are we worried about it when we are nothing but a small country compared to those? And if they're not going to stop polluting, well, then what good mm-hmm. is us? To, you know, it's like, well, we'll feel better about it. Yeah, but you're also going to go broke. You're not going to have food. People are going to die in poverty because you've destroyed the economy. Mm-hmm. But wow, at least you think you're helping the planet. Yeah. It's insanity. Again, this is all things that are being done to intentionally bring the way people live down to a level. And someone's making money on this. Oh, yeah. There's always someone making money on this. stuff. Al Gore. Let's look at uh, Gates. Mm-hmm. Al Gore's made a lot of money being a climate alarmist. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Biggest piece of crap around that guy. Yeah. Well, Bill Gates pretty much uh, next biggest piece of crap, too. Yeah, but he made his but money then, before the climate alarms. Well, so. he did make his money before climate, but he's also uh, been to Lolita Island a lot. Yeah, there's amazing uh, some of these uh, some of these records nobody wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's why you come to Unrelenting, where the real information is released. Not really, but <laughs> sounded good. Well, it's uh, where the real information is talked about. Yeah. Where two old guys have an open conversation, to. an unscripted conversation. Unscripted, yes. That should have been unrelentingly unscripted. Uh huh. Who needs scripts? No, we don't need your scripts. I don't understand people that use scripts for podcasts. That seems crazy to me. Yeah, we don't need no baggage. The we whole don't point need no of scripts. a podcast is to record a conversation between two people, at least two, maybe more. Yeah, maybe one person with schizophrenia. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny because it's, um, I, I vaguely recall, uh, that your favorite person there, CSB, who at some point saying that, uh, a podcast isn't a real podcast if there isn't two people on it. Right. Only. Which of course, then he has a podcast with one person on it. And anything without a C on it could be used and isn't copyrighted. That's CSB's world. So I don't even understand it. Uh, yeah, that that's completely not true. At least here in the U.S., the uh, the seed simply means it's a registered copyright, but there's a an actual copyright that is created at the time of the original creation of any artwork or any art piece. Could be music, could be video, could be still image, whatever it is. Could be anything. You cannot use other people's stuff. Somebody on the uh, troll rooms like, uh, or in the uh, no agenda social memes are fair use. No, they're not. Nothing about them says they're fair use. Show me a court case that said memes are fair use. It has to be transformative enough. That's, that's the piece that everybody always gets wrong is transformative. Isn't taking something that has the meaning that you want and then adding words to it. That doesn't transform it transformative would be something that completely changes the meaning. So if you have a picture of Adolf Hitler, for example, and you put Biden's face on him and then, uh, no, it's not even that complicated, but then the, the words you like, add, that doesn't change it at all. Yeah. No, if you change, but not, <laughs> not that much, that doesn't transform too much, but you put something that would be the opposite of what Hitler said or implied. And then you say, you know, but, you know, something very pro-Israel, for example, in that image with Hitler. 
like that clearly would be a transformation of the original piece. You're using something that was never intended that cannot be ever be confused for actually coming out of his mouth. Um, to, uh, to create a new work. But if you took, because, uh, in the Andy Warhol estate was just sued for a painting. He did of mm-hmm. a photograph that he used a photograph of Prince to create one of his works. Mm-hmm. And the original photographer sued the estate and mm-hmm. won because mm-hmm. they didn't have the right to do it. And it's, I mean, granted, I think that may be getting a bit too far, but this concept of what is and what isn't covered most people have no idea what it is and different. How the hell courts. did that case, how did they lose that case? That seems like a slam dunk. I don't know, but it happened. So again, you, it depends on, I guess, what jurisdiction you're under, what the, uh, that makes if, no if, sense. Cause you, you can use a photograph to create an original painting. That's not a problem. Now, if it's, if they actually maybe use the uh, photograph as something, if it's that a they collage, if changed. there's like an actual, you know, if the photo is slapped onto the canvas as part of a painting, maybe, but I can't imagine how, if you create an original painting while you're looking at a photograph, how that would ever be covered. And it did. This was, it went to the Supreme court. Well, what's the case? Let's see. This, here. this, this requires looking up. Is this, this is very bizarre. If it's true. Andy Warhol estate loses U.S. Supreme Court copyright fight over Prince paintings. This is from The Guardian. Uh, Andy Warhol's estate lost its U.S. Supreme Court copyright fight with the celebrity photographer Lynn Goldsmith on Thursday as the justices faulted the famed pop artist's use of her photo of the singer Prince in a silkscreen series depicting the charismatic rock star the justice okay the, okay i'm looking at the seven picture. yeah ruling. i could see i could see how this would lose this is not a painting this is a a posterized photograph that's silk screened yeah that's Which, not a painting it's more transformative than any meme i've ever seen i'll tell you uh, well <laughs> no no yeah. and i'll tell you why no because okay. The original photograph contained an image of Prince looking directly at the camera. This also contains that exact same scene. It doesn't transform the image. Well, nobody transforms the image in memes. They 99.9% are just putting words on it. So. Right. But the words could transform because if what was coming out of Prince's mouth is I love record labels, then it would be totally transformative. No, the, the words are meaningless. No, they're not. The words are meaningless. You're so wrong. I am so right. No. I'm always right. <laughs> it says okay. uh, all that matters in the ruling issued by the court's majority. Mm-hmm. Justice Kagan wrote is that Warhol and the publisher entered into a licensing transaction similar to one Goldsmith might have done because mm-hmm. the artist had such a commercial purpose. All the creativity in the world could not save him in declining to acknowledge the importance of transformative copying the court today. And for the first time turns its back on how creativity works. Kagan said. Mm-hmm. So to my ear wrote the dissent saying Kagan misses the forest for the, for a tree. It's like, uh, it's not, 
Uh, Single-minded focus on the value of copying ignores the value of original works. So it's an interesting case. Yeah, I mean, what he did basically is a Photoshop filter. He took a photograph, ran it through a Photoshop filter. Welcome to memes. Printed it and sold it. <laughs> Welcome to memes. That, what do you think they're using? They're yeah. using we have our Instagram. We we put a whole different filter on it. It's totally yeah, it's, new. It's, you're 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 missing the forest from the trees here. This okay, is, these so are two different Meyer. things. Yeah, these are two different things. Well, everything's different in its own way. Mm-hmm. But this is where the. Uh, Ryan Bemrose says, just give copyrights for five years, you wouldn't have this problem. Um, if what was, if, if all copyrights only lasted five years. Oh, I agree. I'm, I'm a big fan of just shortening the uh, duration of the, uh, uh, both trademarks and copyrights. I mean, honestly, I think, uh, you need to actively be utilizing something. Well, I mean, and let's. What's your guess on what if you're going by the technical aspect of the law in the United yeah. States? I know it's different everywhere. What percentage of content on the internet do you think is copyright infringing? I'm guessing <clears throat> if you take away the people making their own YouTube videos, and even a lot of them are mm-hmm. grabbing images because a lot of these where people just talk and then they, they talk about a subject and then pull in mm-hmm. videos or photographs from somewhere else. Maybe, yeah. maybe you don't even take YouTube out of this, but I'm betting it's most likely still a majority of the content on the internet in one way, shape or form is infringing upon somebody's copyright. I mean, it depends if you mean of people posting material that's not theirs. That's the vast majority of the internet. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's copyright. infringement. Um, but, but is posting somebody else's material really copyright infringement? Yes. Because According to the letter of the law, yes. There's an argument to be made that says that, uh, how is that different from showing a piece of art in the Louvre? The Louvre. Yeah. So if you've, if you're. I want some Louvre blind. How is it legal for museums to show art to a multitude of people without paying the artist every time a person walks by their art? Well, maybe they should. Maybe. We have the technology now to know how many people looked at a piece of art. You do. You totally. You can have a camera there looking at people's eyeballs and counting those numbers, and the museum needs to send a check based on how popular the artwork is to the artist. Maybe that's what you do, and that's, I think, how you license art through... um, most of the clearinghouses these days it's like it's all so but in this in this instance i can see why warhol's lost here because he basically uh he he bought well the, the interesting thing to is, an image and then misused those rights yes i, I mean i agree there i understand that side of the case but i also understand that when this was done we didn't have Photoshop filters where every idiot with a computer could press one button and make the same thing happen. So it was more transformative back in the day. Yeah. Because of the process that he had to use. And I do think that, Ooh, I do think I, it sounds like that's a no agenda. No, no, I do think that the justices today 
are looking at this as well this is not that transformative because anybody can do this but it was yeah. done 30 years ago or whatever it was yeah where it was a little more work to take that image it it was create. but like i remember back in uh this was in 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 84 but uh, i remember in like 1992 i did a similar thing uh with intaglio where i took an existing image and then etched it onto a copper plate um by hand and then the copper plate could be printed uh to make uh you know a multitude of prints out of it um, let, me, let me ask you this just looking at this prints the photograph next to the andy warhol work mm -hmm. if he changes the location of the eyes if he makes it so he's looking to the side now yeah totally different or totally is that yeah you know which yeah. is interesting which was one of my questions right when we started today it's like well how much do you have to change something to yeah to make it that transformative work so there i think the argument here is essentially saying changing the color of the image is not sufficient to remove copyright right well that's all they're doing here is stripping the color and making it a monotone yeah yeah it's being posterized that's what that technical term for that is but it's an interesting case it's reducing it to a small number of colors which flattens the look of it the fact that it had we know how confusing the copyright laws are because this was the supreme court this made it to the supreme court and they heard mm -hmm. the case which should tell us everything only we need because to know. of the subject matter well i think maybe not because it's the subject matter probably irrelevant the fact that it's in uh between the estate of uh andy warhol a famous artist and because it yeah does, that's what i mean our subject matter of the case yes, not the subject right. of the image yes, yes. yeah no i agree if this was some uh, schmuck that just yeah. did it, then two people suing each other that no one's ever heard of, this would not get to the Supreme Court. But it rose. It rose to the Supreme Court, and uh, you can't go no higher than that. Mm -hmm. You cannot go no higher than that. Well, you can go no to higher God. than that. You can go you to can God. You can go no higher than that. Uh, I want to thank our buddy Johnny Hipwell for sending in the one and only PayPal donation for today's show nice $3.33 he says don't the send your cash value. yeah don't send your cash just send your spaceships that's right that's right spaceships are it's speaking of spaceships yeah. since i haven't mentioned it you had you did you fill your whole virtual garage with some spaceships i got some spaceships in my virtual garage and right now as mentioned on my other podcast the uh the game star citizen is having their free play event where anybody can Sign up, log in, and download some spaceships for free to fly around in. Are you trying to bring more people into the cult? So if anyone's interested, make sure that you use my link, which will be in the show notes for this episode, uh, to get your free test of a spaceship. Gene wants you to join a cult. It's not a cult. It's a video game. There's a difference. <laughs> okay, now that, that may be the opener. That is a pretty good opener, actually. There's been a few good ISOs for today. Yeah. Um, you never go to the trouble of actually doing work to isolate them, though. No, I do. I always do. 
No, you don't. That's where I go and I grab. There's always something at the beginning of each show. What do you mean? I don't isolate about. Boom. You're like, oh, that's a good ISO. So can I ask next episode? Hey, can you play that ISO you created last week? I mean, I'm only going to pick one of them and put it at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I don't so like you're not really them. doing ISOs. You're just doing a, a clip. It's an opener. Yeah, it's an opener. Yeah, it's a what? What? The, what is that called? A cold it's open. Not just, uh, little tease. I thought that was a more open. technical term for uh, a little fluffing, like a, little a teaser nutter. thing or something. Yeah, cold open, little teaser, little mm-hmm. fluffing nutter. I never understood why they call it a cold open. Because it's cold, baby. It just it's like a cold read. It just jumps I, right in. There's I no thought, context. You yeah, see, that's, I thought it was like a cold read, meaning that it's the first time it's been done. Cold open, I think, is just something. Here we go. Here's more terminology that neither one of us really has a good, clear definition of. And yet we are going to argue about what on. it is. God damn it. All I know is you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. All I know is you're wrong. It's like, what is, okay, tell you what, let's find out if Claude knows, because Claude knows all. Oh, the, the discount AI? Yes, Claude. from Anthropic. A uh-huh. cold open in a film or television script is a film or television script writing technique where an opening scene does not begin with the main title sequence. Instead, it jumps right to the story before the credits. It's called a cold open because it starts without an establishing shot or context to warm up the audience. Okay, that makes sense. So it's the pre-credit shot is called a cold opener. Yeah, it's trying to get some interest, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that would that would be very similar to what you would do in the podcast by putting a um, uh, a teaser thing in the front. And it looks like uh, your buddy sent about a buck forty eight forty eight satoshis, and he just wants to say happy birthday to Gene, my buddy. Yeah, CSB. Says, oh, oh, he's not my. Okay, okay, he's my buddy. Yeah, I've, I've disavowed he was your him. buddy. Yeah, I've disavowed him. It's changed. <laughs> we went. We're changing around from when the show started. And that wants, is pretty funny. Yeah, yes, he, he was the go. persona non grata when the show started from my side. Yeah, it's just switched over now. <laughs> I am done with you. He wants you to visit www.ai.cooking for the best mm-hmm. AI podcast in the universe. Oh, I, see, I think. That, wow, you're still running his ads. Wow. I think he may be infringing on no agenda, though, saying it's the best podcast in the universe. That is not that is not good, CSB. You do not want to infringe upon another show's tagline. Mm, I, I don't mean, know if they've copyrighted, though. We do it all the trademarked time. It. Right. I don't think they. Oh, come on. You know, Adam Curry and John C. DeVore. Do you think they've trademarked or copyrighted anything? No. Unless somebody well, did actually, no, they did. They did. I think the no agenda show is actually trademarked now. Well, that's because everybody wanted to use it. Megan Kelly now is like her little thing that pops up on her YouTube videos, like no mm-hmm. agenda. And I'm like, oh, she's got a little crush on Adam. That's new. I think this like no agenda. No, he's something. been on her show, too. I know. Yeah. I know. And then Where again, was he recently? I was listening to uh, the last no agenda, a little bit of it. And, and it, the, Adam was talking about some place that was very professional that did his makeup and shit, but the Glenn Beck, I, I think he was talking about, Oh, is that where he was? Cause I, I wasn't even sure where he was at, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I was trying to listen to no agenda too, but my phone was ringing. Somebody was calling me yeah, trying to interrupt. And I'm like, probably the department of copyrights, probably like, Gene, I'm trying to make a sandwich here. I just, I just mm-hmm. did a two hour show. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 that person was going to, right. God damn it. Uh huh. I'm like, why is yeah. this? Why is my phone ringing? I didn't know signal. Anybody could have my signal. <laughs> I don't want to be bothered. 
I mean, uh-huh. I'm just so glad it's not. I, I don't attach anything to the watch because that would drive me nuts. My wife hasn't turned hers really? off yet. So like if her mom texts her, the watch beeps. Yeah. And I'm like, that's Ding. just really fucking annoying. Uh, my watch just vibrates. It doesn't beep. Well, either way, I don't like the yeah. announcement on the watch. I mean, I guess yeah. it, it would be interesting if you had something very important that you had to make sure if somebody messaged you, you could get the uh, mm-hmm. you could get it. But I just think that is so invasive. It seems way, way, way more invasive than something handy, popping man. up on the phone. The the idea of a um, just glancing at your watch and seeing whether you need to bother looking at the phone or not is very convenient. But I only want the watch to monitor stuff. I don't really want it to be popping up things. I'm even getting really annoyed by the. Hey, you've reached your goal for today. Woo! You could turn that off. I know. I just yeah, have to I go turn, through all this. I turn mine off because the goals thing is stupid. Because you never hit the goals. And it's like, no, no, no. I, I do. I do. Uh, well, my current watch, which I think is a better watch. Your Garmin? Um, my Garmin watch. It has a floating goal, which is great. So your goal is based on the average of your last seven days. So it will adjust based upon what you've done and it keeps yeah. trying to push you to do a little bit more. Does it ever get to the point where it's like, no, no, well, you're, you're killing it. You don't really so need to do So let's say more. you did, you were walking around your 10,000 steps or whatever on, you know, Monday and then Tuesday you were traveling and you put in like 6,000, but you weren't going to walk any more than that because you got enough walking there. Airports. And then the next day you're basically sitting on your ass with a client all day long. This is a hypothetical, not something I've actually done last week. But um, uh, then by the by the time seven days rolls around, it's going to say, okay, so if we average that out, it looks like about 4,000 steps per day for the week. So gotcha. then the goal for the next Monday would actually be 4,500 steps instead of 10,000. That's not So it's bad. a much more achievable goal based on the previous week. And it doesn't do it once a week. It does this on a floating schedule. So you're just literally, you know, every day your goal is slightly different based on what the previous week was like. That makes and I, sense. I like that because I think it's a good way because it's not like, oh, last week you averaged 2000 steps a day. Do 10,000 today. Right. Well, no, it's the it's same like, thing. It's like you, you want it to be achievable. Otherwise, people right. will go, well, if I can't do it, why would I do anything? Right. Right. Because I mean, the. I don't know about you, but like if, if I haven't been doing 10,000 steps for quite a while, that's a significant chunk of uh, time and energy to get into. Yeah. If you've been doing it every day, then you kind of already planned out for it. You know how long it takes and, and you may even be able to do it a little faster pace so you can get the same number of steps, but in less time. So having that floating goal, I think works well. And I have noticed it is the more you do something, obviously, when you first start, you know, something like riding the bikes after a half hour, you're like, okay, I'm ready to be done. Mm-hmm. Now it's like you hit the hour mark and yeah. it's like, I could go more. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, years ago when I um, started losing weight, it, the, um, there's a lake that was, uh, I think it was about three miles to walk all the way around it. That um, I used to go 
uh, walk around this lake pretty regularly. Like that was my, you know, getting the steps in thing or whatever. And, um, it's, it's a known distance and it's pretty, it's outdoors, right? So you're got stuff to look at. Uh, and I used to walk around that lake and then I would, when I started doing the weight loss thing, I would like jog for maybe a quarter mile or something. And then I would go back to walking. And then, um, then, you know, winter, and this was Minnesota. So you don't really go walking around the lake in the winter because you're going to slip and fall and kill. No, you just put your ice skates on. You go right across. Yeah, you could ice skate around the lake, (laughs) walk around it. And so I remember the following spring, uh, it like when all the, or let's say 90% of the ice was melted, very little left. I thought, okay, well, it's time to start walking around the lake again. and amazingly I jogged around the entire lake because I'd been doing enough, uh, exercises and losing more weight over the winter that coming back to the same exact path all of a sudden was much easier. You needed more of a challenge. You wanted to go faster. You wanted to go longer. Well, no, it was just less work to do what used to be more work. Yes. No, that's, and that's the beauty out. of it. That's when you start seeing the results and you're like, okay, I have get you, it. have you bought a rowing machine yet? No, you should. I should. Yeah. I it's guess that would kind of take the place of the, it reduces bike. all the uh, stress on the joints that you get with the uh, jogging. Should I be smoking joints while riding the bike? I mean, you're not. No. <laughs> oh, well, there's your first problem. There's, there you go. Uh, and it reduces the pressure on your ass. Well, I just, you know, don't have the just, problem with do you, that. Do you but. stand? Do you stand when you ride the bike? No, I don't. Okay. But it's a nice, it's a, you know, nice large chair. Thing, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a, true. Uh, you got a recumbent bike, not yes. a. Oh, no. Yeah, bike. we have the other kind. And I was like, fuck that shit. Because after yeah. like 30 minutes, it is yeah. serious pain from the. Uh, pain in the ass. Uh-huh. Literally uh-huh. a pain in the ass. Yes. Yeah, literally. It's what unrelenting is known for. Yeah. Um, usually though through other people. So yes. yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I just think that the, the rowing machines, if you want to know what the hell I'm talking about, watch house of cards. I saw the first the, season. The, yeah. In the first season, the main character, uh, Frank, uh, that's his exercise that he does is he has a rowing machine. The great Kevin Spacey, the great Kevin Spacey. Oh, great actor. Well, we will be back next week on Friday for another edition of the Unrelenting Podcast. Join us live like the 70 folks that were in the troll room. If you're allowed in there. Yeah, if you're allowed. Just ask Gene and then be sure to check the show notes. You can get in and play some spaceships with Gene and then Mm -hmm. neither one of you will get laid. It's not a cult, it's a video game.